All right, what's up, everybody? This is the second episode. This episode will be uh, about hate and intolerance, and it's a little late because my computer crashed, and right after there was some Rona in this house. We are good now, though, so let's get it going. All right. So, in my opinion, the problem of intolerance starts with the fear of the unknown. So I think in general the thing people are most afraid of is that they don't really know what's going on and everybody's just trying to navigate themselves throughout their life. This is a very big confrontation for most people and that's why a lot of people try to hold up the illusion to themselves that they do have control. And one big way to do this is to create an identity. So don't get me wrong, I think that to a certain extent your identity is real. It does exist. But in my opinion, it really only consists of the, the rational processes that go on in your head. The rational processes that, that bring forth your decision making, how you handle yourself in certain situations and that kind of stuff. Anything outside of that is, in my opinion, made up. So, for example, people will make th their background or their uh, country or their social standing a very big part of their identity. When in reality, that doesn't matter at all. It Only your actions matter. So... This identity is just created to avoid having to be rational all the time and to keep having to make the decisions, make, do the rational thinking. It sort of a, works as an automatic pilot. The problem with these identities is that a lot of this identity just gets taken from external sources. And if everybody does this, identities are going to be different from each other, but also kind of different from what you really are inside. So first of all, you're going to feel alienated from yourself, but you created the identity to hold on to the uh, notion that you do have control. So it's really at some point all you have to hold on to. The problem here is that if in any way, shape or form you feel your identity is threatened, you really feel like your being is being threatened. And that's uh, the deepest fear of people, right? So most people won't say or won't categorize themselves as being intolerant because it's not really how they would see themselves when they think about it rationally. But once they go in the automatic pilot of their, their identity they kind of externalize the responsibility they have so they'll act in a certain manner because they feel that's what their identity would do but it's really because as i mentioned before you're even alienating you from yourself by creating an identity so most people won't describe describe themselves as intolerant but it's still a very big problem in the world and people might automatic, 
automatically justify being intolerant without even thinking about it uh, by using their identity they created. And at some point, if you're really deep into this cycle of avoiding confrontation um, and using the idea of identity that you do have control, it gets scarier and scarier to snap out of it. And at some point, it's really all people have. So when external sources or people with other or contradicting identities or at least unknown identities to the person, they get confronted with that. And that makes them feel like their existence is under attack or at least their sense of control over their existence. Then there's another thing because most like it would be so much more abstract if everybody just uh, used their rational processes as an instrument of decision making and what kind of attitude you have. So it would also differentiate way more because of course people are different and they have different rational processes. But this diversity is very valuable. And by uh, many people using external sources for their identity, you have a lot of contradicting identities, but also a lot of similar identities, which is just as scary because people instinctively want to be recognized and have affirmation that their way of life is the right way. Because this is how you would get accepted into the tribe and not kicked out. It's instinctual for people. But, um, especially now in the climate of social media, it's very easy to get this affirmation and find like-minded people or people with the same identity as yours. And this is very dangerous because if you keep on and keep on keep on getting this affirmation, and you might be right, but you might not be right at all, or it won't even be a subject in which it matters if you're right or wrong. Your confidence grows while that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. But as your confidence, or maybe rather your ego grows, your acceptance or tolerance of opposing or different views or ways of life will become less. And the more and more people create their own identities, the more and more this will happen. So again, because of both sides, that there are more uh, radically opposing identities and also more radically similar identities. These are both big problems, and I think this is what causes so much intolerance in the world and what causes people to not be able to get out of the cycle, the vicious cycle of uh, affirmation and then uh, more intolerance and then affirmation. And like I watched this um, documentary on Netflix, The Social Dilemma. It's really interesting because they talk about how it's the goal of social media to just feed you what you want to read, what you want to see. So people really uh, get into a bubble and it's almost impossible to get out without um, intrinsically having the motivation to confront yourself. And the need to confront yourself is really eliminated because you you could be wrong, you could be 
very a very bad person i'm not saying anybody is but you could be and you could have a very big group of people who support you and give still give you the information and that's all you see because that's all they feed you so it's a real big uh, big problem and i feel like that's the reason why intolerance might have increased or at least we get the sense that intolerance has increased because it's also it's a this uh, phenomenon in social media, it's the same in the real world. You'll see the most intolerant people of certain groups have never really associated with the group. So it's just because it's unknown and therefore it's threatening to their identity and therefore it's threatening to their grasp on the world and their sense or illusion of control. So... As countries are getting more diverse, I think maybe in real life there will be more tolerance, but on social media and on the internet, it's kind of the opposite. So in my opinion, and I'm no expert, but I feel like one is uh, increasing and one is decreasing. So it's like an opposite process. But the weirdest part is like there will be two opposing groups and they're both intolerant towards each other not willing to listen anymore and their main argument about the other why they hate each other is they're intolerant so both groups will recognize that being intolerant is the biggest problem but they're also both guilty of doing it themselves and this is just they don't seem to have any any self-recognition or they seem to be very oblivious to the fact that they're doing it themselves and i think that goes back to the alienation you create from your real self which is really only your rational processes by um, replacing those processes by the automatic pilot that is your identity then i want to make a switch because the subject was hate and intolerance so up until now, I've just been talking about intolerance, but there's also hate. And intolerance is kind of the same as a general hate, right? But you also have individual hate, like somebody did something bad to you and you hate that person. This is a little bit, bit more nuanced because the other one, intolerance, it's just so easy to see that it's never... Uh, founded in reasonable arguments because you uh, it's based on generalizations and I think uh, most people recognize that uh, you can't judge an individual on their generalized characteristics so I feel like general generalizations are only good for statistics and that's about it and I think most people actually agree or would agree with me. So the individual hate is a little bit more nuanced because there actually might be a good reason to hate someone, right? So on an individual level, people uh, might have really done you wrong and you feel like they deserve to be hated by you or you're in your right to hate them. And this might be true. It might not be true, it might be true. But the thing about that is it's really kind of irrelevant. So 
nobody would describe hating someone as a nice or a good feeling. It doesn't make you feel good. It does provide a certain sense of satisfaction, though. And this is kind of like an addiction, right? So it 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 brings loose feelings inside of you that don't make you feel good, but it makes you feel satisfied in some weird type of way. And this satisfaction or this self-loathing, uh, you can get addicted to it. So you might even be searching for reasons to hate someone or at least to feel like you've been mistreated. And this is this goes back to the position of people they take in their lives. So a lot of people look at life from their own perspective. And that means that if something wrong happens or something happens to them, it doesn't seem fair or it doesn't seem like that should happen to them. And even that they've been done injustice. And this might be the case, it might not be. But the problem is that if everybody has this uh, self-centered perspective, priorities are going to clash. And this is again like why people wouldn't come out of a dispute because both parties are looking at it from a different perspective. So in both of the realities the person feels like injustice has been done to them. The problem here is that you put the responsibility for your own well-being outside of yourself, with other people, with the situation, uh, whatever. But the thing is, you don't have any control over it. Not a thing. Like, you might have control over people if you want to manipulate them, but do you really want to? Why would you want to manipulate someone into treating you right if because having to manipulate them implies that they wouldn't have done it in the first place without your influence so why would you want to the thing is it's all about taking back control over your own well-being so if somebody treats you mistreats you take it upon yourself to say hey okay i'm gonna take my distance and just be fine with it of course, there's different degrees in, in which people can mistreat you and some are very tra traumatizing or horrific. And in that case, it may be a lot harder. But in the end, the focus still has to be on yourself. So how hard it may be and how uh, hard it may be to live through it and deal with a certain situation, the end goal should always be your own well-being and the only thing you can do this is take your own responsibility for your your well-being the moment you get comfortable with the idea that your well-being is out of your own control the more you uh, enable yourself to feel depressed feel sad and feel the hate and then you get addicted to it and then of course more bad situations will grow from it and then you can uh, feel bad for yourself about that and then and then it's a vicious cycle and then you s you say my life sucks or it's all unfair but really the truth is you have a lot of control over how you feel and how you deal with stuff but if you're going to put the responsibility outside of yourself then it's almost always going to turn out very bad you really should 
take responsibility for your your well-being. And it might also be uh, useful to start looking at certain situations as just that, a situation. Don't include it too much in the idea of what your life is or who you are. For example, um, and again, there are always serious cases that really do need help. But for example, when you have an anxiety attack, which has happened to me before. At first, it's just what just what you're scared of is oh my god I don't I'm losing control and that's the only thing that's scary. And in light forms, I feel like it's way more beneficial to you to for you to see it as something that's happened to you instead of something that's wrong with with you. Because if you see it as something that's wrong with you, like a disorder or something physical, you you. Uh, Allow yourself to think that you can't control it. And if you can't control it, then it's just something that comes over you and then you have to push it down. But uh, for me, what's really worked is just to sit back and say, hey, why is this happening? What's up with me or my behavior or my situation uh, that I'm losing control like this for a few minutes? And And this will differ for everybody. And Again, for some people, medication is needed. But I feel like for most people, and even if you need medication, you can take the medication, but that shouldn't mean you don't have to pay any attention anymore to the situation or why you got it in the first place. So it's always about growth, right? So you don't want to just push it down because pushing it down is never going to work in the long run. So yeah, that's just a little thing. It's also don't add it to your identity. Just look at it through a, a, a rather objective view. And maybe then you can deal with it. And then it's about growth. And then when you feel yourself getting better, you will feel better. And then it's just a positive cycle instead of a negative. So, so yeah, I guess I'll close it off with that little bit of advice. Take it if you want or don't. Okay, bye. See you guys next time.